Welcome back to Footsteps in the Attic, the podcast dedicated to all things strange and all things paranormal. Hope everyone is having a great week. I want to send a very special shout out to my dear friend, Sandrine Marlier, who wrote an incredible children's book called Odette's Alphabet. And you can pick up your copy at publishizer.com. That's with a Z-E-R. And it's about an ant in the colony struggling to find her way. So definitely pick up Odette's Alphabet at Publishizer.com. Well, I have a special correction to make as well from last week's episode. When I had the wonderful Miss Magical Grace on, she was talking about in some... uh, I forget which question it was, but she was talking about malevolent beings and she kept saying Maleficent... Well, that is because she was literally watching Maleficent right before we went on the air. (laughs) So when we played back the episode, we were both laughing. And I said, I will make the correction for you. She meant to say malevolent. She was not talking about the Angelina Jolie character in the Disney film. So just wanted to button that up. Now, today, we're going to be talking about something very creepy and very outerworldly. I was watching a very well-done YouTube series called Hellier, which I do recommend, and it's about a Kentucky Goblins case. And I don't really want to talk about that particular case because I think that documentary really um, unfolded the events very well, but I want to talk about the case that preceded that particular case, and it is called the Hopkinsville Kelly Goblins, or the Hopkinsville Kelly incident in some circles. And that began on the night of August 21st, 1955, when a family of 11 burst into the police station in their local town in Hopkinsville and retold the story of a terrifying encounter they had with outerworldly creatures. And what made this particular case so terrifying was that this family encountered them over several hours and it essentially started on the Sutton family farm in a tiny rural area of Kelly, Kentucky where the family lived in a three-story house. Now they didn't have running water or telephones or even a television set So they were simple people, but they were very honest people. And before I get into further detail, just just for clarification, this family also did not drink. (laughs) They did not let alcohol enter their home. So anybody who's thinking, well, maybe it was a little, you know, moonshine induced. No, these people were very godly, honest people. Um, Essentially... Uh, The family was terrified. They burst into the police station around 11 p.m. and they retold their story. Now, I'm going to get into the details of what they told the police chief, but I want to get a quote from the chief himself. And he said, These are not the kind of people who normally run to the police for help. What they do is reach for their guns. Because this was a different area, a different time, It was sort of like the Old West in this area of Kentucky. So if you were bursting on their their property at an odd hour at night, of course they're going to be alarmed. 
So these were not the people who were like, hey, let's go to the police. Um, there were women, there were children involved. And as a matter of fact, in one of the cases, or I'm sorry, in one of the incidents with the family members, their heartbeats were actually measured and it was going 140 beats per minute per minute. That was measured by an investigator. That is off the charts. That is when you, that is a terror induced uh, heart reading. So just to give you some context as to what this family went through. Now, according to the official police accounts and what they were told, around 7 p.m. on a Sunday evening, the Sutton family friend Billy Ray was getting water from the local well and he saw a silvery object in the sky. It was very bright and it had sort of like the colors of the rainbow as an exhaust. And it came silently toward the Sutton house, didn't make a sound, and then just stopped in the air and dropped straight to the ground. Now, Taylor and his 18-year-old wife had come from Pennsylvania to visit Lucky Sutton, who he worked with. And they had a 50-year-old mother on the property, um, her two sons and their wives, a brother-in-law, and then a widow's three children who were 12, 10, and 7 years old. And when Billy came back to the house and initially told of his sighting, they were sort of laughing at him. But an hour later, they were alerted by the dogs barking. It wouldn't stop barking. And we all know animals are very sensitive to paranormal slash extraterrestrial activity. Well, Lucky and Billy went to the back door and they saw a strange glow. And they saw a small humanoid creature peering out from the woods. It was about three and a half feet tall and it had an oversized head and it was almost a perfectly round head. And its arms extended upward and it had claws. Now, the body had an eerie shimmer to it, sort of like the craft itself. The craft had that strange glow. And they had said that the skin seemed to be made of like a silver metal or a silver metal like appearance anyway. Well, naturally, the two men were terrified, so they grabbed their shotgun and they fired at the little man. Now, this was interesting. The little man initially put its hands up as if it were being held up at gunpoint like you'd see in a movie. So that, to me, is a very telling detail. That tells me this creature had experience either dealing with humans or observing humans that it was almost playful in its response. Now, after a second shot, the creature did a flip, scrambled upright, and fled into the darkness. Now, it was shortly after this that the men saw another creature appearing in the side of their window, and they actually fired through the screen. But these creatures seemed impervious to bullets, and it's like they were almost not concerned about the bullets. They were more interested in observing the people and getting their reactions to what they were doing. Well, just like the previous time, this little thing flipped and then darted into the woods. So 
I, I can imagine the the terror that was ensuing upon this family of these beings just looking at them and not being able to do anything with their weapons. Um, the mother of the family later described the creature as looking like a five-gallon gasoline can with a head on top, small legs, and again, shimmering bright and metal-like. So the drama sort of reached ahead when Taylor stepped outside the house and under the small overhang in the roof, behind him a small claw-like hand reached down and touched his hair. The group naturally screamed in terror and they shot at the creature above the overhang. And again, the creature just tumbled floated to the ground, and then scurried into the woods. So naturally, the Suttons were terrified. They moved inside, and they spent several hours listening for movements, trying to hear anything. The only thing they caught was scratches on the roof around 11 p.m. So after hours of this and just being terrified, the whole family decided to make a run for it, and they got into their cars, and they went to the Hopkinsville police station, I would imagine at very high speed. (laughs) And they recounted the story. Well, the police definitely believed them because they had investigators, and interestingly enough, the Air Force also heard of this and wanted to accompany them, which to me, the Air Force just doesn't step in randomly. That shows me they had experience hearing of stories of this nature and wanted to investigate and maybe even silence some people. I mean, we all know the government knows more than what they're telling us. But anyway, the investigators on the scene did find the shell casings. Um, obviously, the creatures were not there. These are very high, uh, high intelligent beings. They're not going to hang around and say, hey, yeah, it's me. <laughs> If they fled during direct encounters, they're definitely going to flee when they hear police sirens occurring. Um, One detail I forgot to mention during these encounters earlier in the evening with the family was that on some occasions, the creatures came within about two feet of the family members. So these were not shy beings. They were wanting to get extremely close and observe Well, when eventually the police showed up and did their investigations and took their photographs and their measurements, whatever it is they do during investigations, the family felt relief. But around 2.30 in the morning, until daybreak, the activity occurred. The creatures came back. The family was exhausted. They didn't feel like they had anywhere to run. Uh, The mother recounted that she saw a small claw-like hand on the screen of her window, and this creature was just glowing, observing her from the outside. Now, naturally, the Kelly story spread across the country, and there were many um, people who came forward with similar accounts, which I find very interesting. And uh, the stories of little green men, or men of this nature, um sort of became part of lore. So this is the story that really spawned the phrase Little Green Men. 
And this incident even attracted not only the attention of the Air Force, which I mentioned before, but there was a famous ufologist uh, named Isabel Davis, and her story about this incident was published by the Center for UFO Studies. And she did a 200-page report which had drawings and documentary records and summaries of like similar accounts that people experienced. And there was even one case of a woman around the same area who encountered what she saw a six foot tall, greenish, with a greenish hue, creature slash man. Something is definitely going on in that area because there are wells underneath that particular area of Kentucky, which are rumored to have been used by the Air Force. They've also been sealed off. But around the 50s, it was theorized that these things were emanating from the well area and also hiding in the well area, uh, aside from also obviously flying craft and landing their craft. But it does make you pause and think, is our government somehow strictly observing these creatures or are they promoting it? Is there some sort of partnership? I don't know. I'm going to let you draw your own conclusions on that particular part of it. But it is undeniable that some activity occurred in the Hopkinsville Kelly case. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I have more creepy topics for you coming up soon. For Footsteps in the Attic, I will see you next week. <laughs>